All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcahy Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome back, listeners, to the Financial Security 360 podcast, uh, brought to you by Mulcahy Co. and also Cosm Free Home Loans today down in Geelong. Um, I am your host, Gavin Nash, and I'm today talking with Trent. G'day, Trent. Hey, Gav. How are you? Welcome along to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Never been on it. Listened to a couple. Yeah. Nice. Never been on one. Oh, well, here we go. We've got, I've, I've given Trent the rundown on the mics, uh, listeners. So, but uh, the next uh, gentleman with us won't need an introduction. He's a, a veteran podcaster with us here, Warren Freeman. G'day, Was. Good afternoon, Gavin, and thank you for calling me a gentleman. Does that not happen very often? Or? <laughs> not often <laughs> enough. Not often enough. <laughs> I'm going to start calling people gentlemen more. Yeah, why not? Now, well, it's great. Thanks for joining me today, uh, boys. We're in, in Geelong, um, week after AFL Grand Final. We won't mention that because Geelong weren't even in it. And as we know, everyone <laughs> in Geelong barracks for Geelong. Uh, Richmond weren't in it, so I don't care less who won. But um, no, we, we're coming to you on the, the 3rd of October, and we've got Trent with us because Trent's joined us, uh, the Cosm Free, obviously part of the Mulcahy Group down here, yep. um, as our commercial and business finance expert. Do you want yeah. to tell us a bit about yourself, Trent? Yeah, definitely. So I came on board probably a month ago, is it now, I think it was. So Correct. came on board a month ago. So before that, I spent two years, uh, two to three years, in one of the big four banks as one of the uh, business bankers there. So delved right into the different sorts of lending, um, all that sort of uh, commercial space. Yep. So whether it comes from cash flow lending, um, industrial, commercial property purchases, um, investors, had a great experience there. So distinctly, aside from, say, a home loan, you're yep. more in basically everything else. So Yeah, definitely, definitely. Learning, learning money for a business or, yep. or a commercial property of some kind or even you know, some cash flow finance for your yeah, business. Yeah, all that sort of thing. So it's, if it relates to a business or relates to a commercial property, you come and talk to me. You're the man. Essentially, yeah, yep. to keep it yep. really simplistic. Yeah, um, nice also, one. self-managed super funds, I should probably chuck in there too. Yep. Um, yeah. I'd like to say, um, you know, because on free, we've always done... Um, a little bit of commercial lending as our clients have needed. It was such a large client base. Um, you know, we've certainly got a percentage of clients who are self-employed and needed commercial lending. Yep. Um, but I believe very much in having specialists in the industry, not trying to be um, a jack of all trades. And Trent, at the major bank that he used to work for, had looked after myself personally in, in business lending and some of our clients, and uh, hence... We were very keen to recruit him in the draft. Get him on board. Yeah, absolutely. So Number one draft pick. Yeah. yeah. So it's really helped Cosign Free, which is becoming uh, Mulcahy, um, with more offering to our client and the specialist uh, commercial lending. So we have an expert in the field now. Nice one. Because as our listeners will know from our previous pods was, um, Cosign Free's always had a much uh, more residential home loans flavour. Uh, to your client base. So, yeah, I can only imagine now with the accountants on board, part of the Mulcahy Group, you know, you've got your financial planners here as well. A lot of those referrals going back and forth and helping out our clients on the way through to financial security probably makes sense. So the next logical step is to get Trent involved. Yeah, and he's a good young man. He's, he's a great person as well as an expert in the field. So we're very lucky to have him. Ah, thanks for the good words. <laughs> <laughs> right, enough backslapping. That's all right. Now, we are here today to talk about a couple of interesting topics. So I wanted to introduce Trent, which we've done, but also talking about um, some things like what is uh, – and what are the – you're an expert in this area, Trent, so yep. what are the pitfalls, what are the people should be thinking about. I know I've got an SMSF myself, so mm-hmm. there's, there's some rules around what you can loan and what you can't loan. Yep. So I think, um, yeah, I, I, thought, I think I'll throw to you to say sort of, you know, what is business and commercial finance? You know, how would you sort of – 
mm. um, define it for our listeners? I think I would probably go back one and say residential um, lending and all that sort of thing. And Warren, you can always correct me on these sorts of things because you're the expert on this um, more than I am in terms of the resi space. But I think when it comes to the commercial space, there's no one-size-fits-all um, scenario and there's always, we like to call it judgmental um, opinions. So you might have a business that may be struggling or, or cash flow poor or something like that that may not potentially service their debt, but if you tell the story in the wider picture to the bank, they might be more than happy to help out. So it's all about sort of supporting that business and we come in to help facilitate that relationship. So would you does that differ from residential was, in your opinion, or yeah, not? Very or much. Like you're, you're really defining a story over here about the business and what it's doing and what its goals are, whereas is home loans a bit more based on sort of numbers and percentages? It's got to fit the box in resi. Yep. Um, you know, and with so many lenders, we've got uh, well over 30 home loan lenders. So all the boxes are different shapes and sizes and we need that because we can't be judgmental and, and listen to stories as much. Um, there's a very small degree of uh, flexibility with the bank in understanding the client's story. But if they don't fit the box, it's difficult to place it. Yep. Whereas commercial lending, we're sort of saying it's a matter of, you know, formulating your yeah, what formulating your, what your plans story, are. Formulating that plan. And and is that sort of cash flow forecast? Is that business yeah, plans? Yeah, look, look, it all depends. So if you're looking yeah. at a, a person looking to purchase a business... Um, or start up a business from scratch, yeah, you can definitely um, lean on cash flow forecasts, how they're going to bring it in, give me a business plan, see how we can kind of structure that yep. and tell that story to the bank and say, hey, this is how we're going to be successful, this is what we need the money for, and this is how we're going to pay you back. And it's no different, I suppose, to you would have this too, Trent, in your, in your loan loans background about people buying a franchise or whatever, like, you know, a Baker's Delight or something like that or a Subway that – Obviously, there's projections involved. There's, yeah. you know, the build, yep. It might not even be operating yet in that location, so yep. you're all going to be starting it up. So, you know, how does a bank sort of understand what Got it's it. going to be without some of that information? Yeah, I yeah. suppose it looks at the industry averages. When it comes to, um, like, your Baker's Delight and, and those franchises more specifically, they have data on hand where they can look at the data and say, all right, your revenue is um, $100,000 or $200,000, whatever it may be. I'm just yep. chucking a random number out there came into my head yeah, sure. and they'll actually look at the industry average they'll look at your kind of area and your postcodes and see what kind of similar stores are doing okay and if your cash flow forecast matches up to that um within reason um relatively then they'll say yep that's fair enough and, and we think that's achievable it's interesting isn't it was because i think if there's listeners out there that have only ever done a home loan they won't understand that this thing's even available over here and that they the bank will actually listen to a few other reports it Actually reminds me of our agribusiness guys inside the business. So they're uh, often accountants. Um, they work in, in agri, you know, um, business and solutions. And quite often they are painting the picture for the bank to say, look, this farm needs to do this, this and this. And to get there, they need this money. So it sounds a very, very similar. Yeah. And I know farm farms and farm <coughs> finance is part of what you do as well. Trent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think ag's a really big one when it comes to that commercial space and, and really paints the picture of, it goes, it, it's got its highs and lows, really, that egg space. You might not have rain for a couple of years. You might not have some, um, might have flooding or whatever it may be. So yep. you get those um, cyclical events um, and, and it can definitely show on your financials, so to speak. Yep. But like I said, it's about telling that story to the bank and, and for us trying to get banks to support you in, in your end goals. I guess the, um, the, the difference is home loan lending is what we call regulated lending and 
largely what Trent's doing is unregulated lending, and hence the greater uh, flexibility that can be applied to a person's scenario. Yep. And is it sort of, um, I suppose, that that story or, you know, it's, it's not necessarily turning up and coming up with a great verbal story. It's, it's often in how things are structured with accounting reports and with yep. how... So have you got a bit of experience in that area, Trent, or do you sort of just advise your clients to go to your accountant, you're going to need this, this, this and this? Look, you, I'll obviously always lean on the accountants and it's always best to get accountant advice in every situation. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I've got some financial planning background. I was a financial planner for four years, but I don't advise in any of that sense. I suppose that basically just helps me... Um, understand the whole in, Understand the whole bigger and, picture. Yeah. Yes, the bit I wanted to touch on was that relationship piece that brokers have with their clients. Yep. So you understand your clients maybe a little bit better than, say, Unders- a well, normal bank or a lender would? Yeah, well, during my time, so a bit more of a background for me, I grew up on a farm in Shepparton. So dad had a pear orchard there for well, 100 acres there. So probably 30, 40 years was my grandfather's and got passed down to him. Unfortunately, we didn't take it on. But um, that's an, another story. But he always used to tell me is have a really great relationship with your bankers, have a really great relationship with your accountants. They're the two major things. So they understand your business. They understand, yeah, those ups and downs. Yeah, exactly right. What is going on. And I think as times have changed, and I talk to him now, he's, he's recently sold the business, and, and he said to me the relationship with the banks has changed somewhat in the sense that it's not as much relationship-driven. And I really want to put a focus on that relationship, especially with the businesses going forward. That's what I want to focus on. That's what I love doing. And that's what the financial planning and my experience has taught me, even growing up on the farm, is I want to have that great relationship with the business, help you guys grow um, to achieve your goals, essentially. I think it's almost like your um, it's almost like the old bank manager, and you're talking maybe back in the sixties and the seventies. Yeah, and, you know, exactly right. Where you did have a local banker who yeah. lived in the area, yeah, understood all the families and the farms, and yeah, understood yeah, definitely. the businesses and the butcher and knew everybody. And so they did have that relationship, but that has gone. Like that's we're not saying anything that's untrue there. That's mm-hmm. that banking relationship has gone and disappeared. So that's probably a spot for a broker to come in and and fill that gap. Yeah, definitely. I think look. It, it hasn't necessarily disappeared from the banking world. You get some old bankers that are really great and we really need to kind of relish those relationships. Um, and a part of my job is picking the best bank for the best business, Yep, if that makes sense. That so suits we wanna, them the best. Yeah, that suits them the best. Yeah, exactly right. And so what we always say was about brokers, like why would you use a broker? Why don't you just go and get your business finance from the bank? But it's because you guys take the time to understand the business and then you know also from the other end which lenders are, you know, sympathetic to that business or to a certain way that, say, a business plan is done or whatever. So that's up to you guys as the experts to say, well, look, we're the broker, we're going to introduce you to the right lender. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we don't want to disparage the banks. There are great people working in the banks, but it's just having the options for our clients. Yeah. And, you know... We're not branches. We don't close the doors at 4 p.m. on a Wednesday. We, you know, we're, we're there for the clients, yep. um, accessible to the clients. And, you know, this is why we got Trent on board at Cos I'm Free Mulcahy because he talks about relationship and he, he's that sort of person. Yep. Um, clients will benefit from his care factor and his knowledge experience and the options that he can bring to the table. I suppose that's the thing about uh, if you look at all the lenders that you've got access to, Trent. Yeah. You know that they're all going to have their own quirks, aren't they? Like oh yeah. One 100%. will say, "Oh, you can't loan more than eighty percent for that, or seventy percent for that, or whatever." There's all there's all a whole lot of sort of quirks that each lender's 
So it's up to you as a broker to keep on top of that stuff. So yeah, that when your definitely. clients walk through the door, they're not wasting mm. their time on an application with a lender that's never going to say yes. Yeah. Let's go to this other lender because we know them inside out. Yeah. And that's probably a problem I saw, especially working in one of the major banks, is um, a lot of people were wasting a little bit of time on applications that may not have suited that bank. And and you look at it and you say, well, if I was being a broker right now, I may have fit this with another bank per se. Yep. Um, and now I have the actual opportunity to do that, which is great. Yeah. And from the residential side of things, Gavin, um, you know, we've got one of the biggest brokerages in the in the country. Um, I'm very proud of that. And we don't want to lose one of our residential clients because there, were, there was a commercial deal that they could get elsewhere. So, you know, Trent's going to be able to give our loyal clients the ability to stay with us with all the different commercial options that he's bringing so just wanted to touch um, on a couple of your case studies, Trent, just mm-hmm. to help some clients or some of our listeners understand sort of what you can help with. And I know yep. you've you've given us sort of four case studies here that we can go through just um, quickly, just yep. to sort of give us the outline of each one, because they're actually all touching on different parts of commercial and business lending, which yeah. I think is important to understand, because yep. sometimes you hear words like commercial lending, business lending, cash flow, SMSF, and it all... You know, our listeners might just all be sort of circling up in their brains. So let's give them a few guys a little bit of case study and, yeah, and sort 100%. Of run us through a bit of uh, what you've come up with. Yeah, I'm happy to talk through the first one. I think before we touch on the case studies, I think the past month, I'll just quickly touch on the sort of industries we're seeing a fair bit of. Yeah, good idea. So we're dealing with uh, some customers in the transport industry, um, looking to refinance some of their existing lending, doing a lot of equipment finance. So you transport, you're talking about trucks and things yeah, like that? Yeah, trucks, yep. trailers, all that sort of thing. So Tra- we're looking tractors. at that. Tractors, all that sort of thing. So these guys are specifically in the transport industry. So when so you say refinance, are they, are they more looking at for a better deal or a better Yeah, so they're with their current bank at the moment. They're not quite happy with their um, existing lender um, yep. and they're not quite happy with their existing relationship. So okay. um, they've called me up. I've got that relationship with them. I knew them from... Um, back from Shepparton, so um, they saw what I was doing now and decided to give me a call and say, hey, Trent, can you kind of help us out with that relationship piece? And uh, Perfect. And I think the main thing is, before I touch on I know you want to touch on those case studies, Gav, but the main thing with that is it saves the customer a lot of time, the client a lot of time. Business lending can be quite um, overwhelming um, in certain instances. A lot of box to check. A lot yep. of boxes, a lot of paperwork, a lot of questions being asked. So the less questions that the bank has to ask you is better for me essentially. So that's what I'm in there for. I'm in there to make sure that the banks don't have to go back to you. The banks go back to me first and foremost, and I do all the work for you guys essentially. It sounds a bit like what you first said to me was when you jumped on your first podcast about home loan lending, rather than saying, here's an application form that's eight pages long from the bank, go and fill it in. You will sit down, you, your guys will do all that work, get all the information from the client and make it easy. Sounds a bit similar, doesn't it? Definitely the same. And clients love the fact that we just make it simpler. Yeah. People are time poor. Yep. Especially perhaps business people. Yeah. Even more so probably. Yeah. Yeah. And even not just time poor, but just tapping into the expert. We talk about experts a lot here, but now the idea of Mulcanco and Cos on Free is that we we have got a group of experts here that know their industries inside out. So tap in, come in and tap into that knowledge. And even though Trent's come out of the bank and, and they do things differently, they do have a different mentality to the broker world. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they get the same wage every week whether they write the loan or not, whereas we don't feed the family unless we can get the business done. So yes. 
there's a benefit in getting the loan approved not only for the client but for the broker who likes to eat dinner at night and support the family. Yes. So we have to go that extra yard. We have to put good um, stories together and we have to give the client every chance of getting their loan approved so they can move forward with their financial objectives. You know, Trent, he's, he's got that expertise. He's, he's going to present the story in the right way. But with those clients at Shepparton, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're the clients you're saving many thousands of dollars in interest for as well. Yeah, so, so it's not just the service. It's, 100%. So you it's got a the, saving. They've got the opportunity to save around forty to $50,000 just in the first year just on interest. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because so you're talking about bigger, bigger loans probably. Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. Your, your average home loan? Yeah, 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 in the millions of dollars, yep. which, is, which is good. Um, so it definitely saves them a lot of a lot of money and, and puts that money back into their cash flow. Forty yep. to fifty thousand is going to pay some leases on some machinery, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think if I asked any of our listeners, "Do you want an extra fifty grand in your business for the year?" They'd just say yes straight away. <laughs> or how would you like a free tractor? Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, that'd be good. I don't reckon I can get much use out of that in Geelong, though. <laughs> not as much. Not you're not on the pear farm now, Trent. Nah, definitely not. Definitely and not. So, is there any other industries that you're coming across in your first month here that have yeah. sort of popped their heads up? Yeah. So we've got some um, agricultural industries. So some cropping. Um, what else are we doing? We're doing a fair few self-managed super funds. So people looking to purchase commercial property in their self-managed super funds. We just got another one today, which is which is really great. So essentially, this guy's self-employed builder, um, sick of paying rent to someone else. So for his facility that he yeah, runs out of. Yeah, that he rents out himself. Keeps all his tools yep. And, yeah, yep. exactly right. A little warehouse he, he rents out now. So I thought, why not just um, save that money and buy it myself and build my little nest egg? So he's got some cash in his self-managed super fund. Um, that's not being put to anything at the moment. It's just sitting in his cash account. And he thought, why not invest in that and his, commercial his property? And will throw her um, super fund in there as well. They'll combine their supers. Yep. Yeah. Um, then they have an appreciating asset. Um, exactly right. His company, his his business will be the tenant, yep, and he'll be the landlord with his SMSF. So yeah, so instead of paying twenty, thirty thousand dollars of rent every year, he's basically putting that to himself inside his super. So he's building up his little nest egg. So basically, so it's, it's a cost to his business anyway. So he, he needs that warehouse. Whether he's you know if he's in business, he needs it. It's it's you know tax deductible to his business, but also it's forcing him to put money in super. Yeah, which as we all know was some self employed people around. We're, ne- we're never the greatest people at putting money into our super. So when you're self employed, often it's a f- it forces you into that situation where you're putting your twenty or thirty grand into super. As you say, partner, you know if, if you're in a self managed fund with your brother or your sister, whoever as well, their super goes in. So and it all contributes in. So yeah, and I think the point is there too. There is also opportunity to, to purchase a commercial property inside your self-managed super fund for an investment purpose. As well. Um, yeah, exactly right. Not operating and, out of it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't necessarily think about it. Mm. Look, you, you probably want to speak to your accountant and, and Danny, your financial planner, who, who would be able to advise you more than I would be. But yep. um, we've definitely been getting a couple of those too come through the door. The options yeah. are there. Mm. And, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you are self-employed and you want any advice on you know, how you can grow your business and invest in your business by becoming the landlord and your own tenant, you know, and I'd certainly vouch for it. I mean, the first premises I bought for Cosine Free Home Loans before joining the Mulcahy Group, I have no doubt that that office that I put in my self-managed super fund helped my business because clients thought it was an impressive office and... and Comfortable um, place for your staff to yeah, come and work and... Absolutely. Yeah. Had so a nice view too, wasn't so it? So, yeah, beautiful yeah. view and, and people felt reassured. Um... So that helped the business and business grow, which brought greater business revenue. But then when I sold it, I actually sold it for more than double what I paid for it. So that was a nice nest egg investment. Get that capital growth. Yeah, straight into your super fund. Correct, yeah. which I've now turned into another 
uh, purchase uh, in Torquay in my self-managed super fund. Yep, perfect. So I'm a big advocate. Yeah. And anyone that wants to come and have a chat, um, even if you you don't have a big super balance today, that's fine. Again, the difference with the broker is we'll spend that time with you. Trent will spend that time with you give you the goals, give you the aims that you can work toward. And if it takes us two or three years to get you in a position, we'll hold your hand the whole way. Yep. Simple as that. And the other good thing, as you mentioned, Danny before, we've got Damo, we've got Ben, we've got Scott in, in the accounting here. So we've got quite a few people in accounting and financial planning in the Geelong office that can come and help as, at the same time. They can make yeah. an appointment, sit down with you, Trent, and Damo at the same time if they wanted to. Yeah, that's what yeah. I loved about coming to join the Mulcahy Group and the Cosmine Ferry Group is the fact that um, we can pull in the – Danny and Damo and, and Scott, whoever it may be, into the same meeting so we can yeah. get different specialties at all at once. So you would have had that in your bank days, probably uh, Trent, where you you say to the client, now go away and get some reports from your accountant. Yep. Go and ask your accountant for some advice. Yeah, definitely. now you can you can basically have the client in in the meeting room. Damo, have you got five minutes to come in? Let's have a quick chat. Introduce you to the client. Bank. A lot yeah. gets done. A hundred percent. A lot gets done in one meeting. You can save a couple of weeks. Yeah, hundred percent. You can yeah. save a couple of weeks from it. And sometimes that might mean getting that property or not getting it because you're organised in time. Yeah. yeah. And just having that team, the client feels like there's that team supporting them, yep. and it gives great confidence. And the the financial goals and objectives are more easily met when there's a team working together yep. um, as cohorts. Um, yeah, it's, it's what brings financial success to our clients. Yep. And it is, um, I, I, we should mention that, yeah, it sort of fits in nicely with the FS360 program, our 12-step program here, talking about getting people to a stage of financial security. So all these things sort of match in well. Well, Trent, we might move on to those case studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've definitely. Got a sec to definitely. take us through. I just reckon they're a really good way of understanding for our listeners to understand exactly what you do here and how yeah. they, they may be able to come and use your services. Yeah, yeah. So these are actual real-life examples of, of people I've helped um, in the past. So initially I had a plumber come to me looking to purchase a commercial property, exactly the same as the as the client I was talking about before, um, albeit this guy didn't purchase the commercial property inside his self-managed super fund. He didn't have that um, that balance in his self-managed super fund, but that wasn't no issue. He got the advice from the accountant and, and his financial planner to purchase it outside, which was fine for me. Um, there's no one-size-fits-all for, for each person anyway. Yep, um, sure. Essentially, what we looked at, he was paying $60,000 of rent per annum. He was, he was purchasing a pretty big uh, commercial property there. We actually calculated the repayments. Um, the repayments ended up being 4200 a month compared to his $5,000 per month. So, he was saving around $800. So, he was paying rent of 5000 Yeah, yeah, now per month. payments on the building. Were only 4200 Yeah, so they ended yeah. up being less. And especially in this day and age, I, I would say to a lot of people around town, look at, look at what rents you're paying. Definitely, because rents are going up with these commercial property prices. People are starting yep. to look at the, the rents and increasing the rents around town. Versus buying. Versus yeah. buying, and, and, mm. and a lot of people are increasing their rents. So um, a lot of people now are looking at, hey, do we just purchase something instead, like we touched on earlier. Yep. So essentially with that um, specific case study, um, we actually allowed him to borrow 100% of the funds for that property purchase. So it was around a six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollar property purchase. Yep. The the ability for us, what we did was use the residential property as top up security. Okay. So we were able to find a lender that was able to lend eighty percent against the commercial property, whereas some lenders don't actually offer that ability. Some might be seventy percent against the commercial property itself, yep. or sixty percent, or or do some maybe don't let you 
mix a, a residential and some people may not let you mix commercial record yeah yeah so we were able to find a mix where this bank was able to lend 80 percent against the commercial property itself mm -hmm. and then we were able to use the remaining equity as top up for the extra 20 percent. so we actually funded 100 percent of that right so we were able to cross collateralize those securities Perfect. which worked out well so it protected the client's cash flow in the end and and helped support his business going forward yep so rather than yeah Already he's 800 bucks a month better off. Yeah, definitely. Um, but also uh, he didn't have to come up with a big wad of 100 grand or whatever to put towards the new building. You were able to get the 100% of the... Yeah, yeah, 100% of the length, which the was length, really yeah. good and really, really good. supported his business because having a chat to him, he wasn't quite sure. He was a bit touch and go with that extra 20%. He said, oh, I don't know if I can pull this extra money together. You got the stamp duty, all that sort of thing. Yep. Um, but hey, he had an extra... Um, $300,000 of equity just sitting against his home. Yep. Um, we were able to pull that across and he was really thankful for that. Yeah, nice one. Great and outcome. It makes sense. Great outcome. Backs him. Yeah. And, mm. and, and that's what I mean about us, you know, not wanting to lose our home loan customers. And I would say I'd like to think 100% of our home loan customers don't want to lose us. But yeah. if we hadn't have had Trent's expertise and someone else offered them that opposition, uh, that proposition they might have been forced to leave us. To yes. So makes a lot of sense. Keep it, it all under the one roof. Win, win, win. We love our one roof yeah. was, don't we? Absolutely. Get under the one roof, all and your solutions are here. And always looking for that win, win, win with the customer foremost. In the middle. All right, case study number two, Trent. Yeah, so this is another self-managed super fun one. So I won't, I won't um, delve into this one too much because we just did speak about it. Um, basically, husband and wife, but they're both PAYG. So they're... They don't even have their own business. So this is a, another thing Just I wanted to touch on. earning a wage from their boss. Yeah, earning yeah. a wage from their boss. And, and, and like I said before, we probably haven't touched on it. We've just been talking mainly about um, businesses here. But I actually can help support the PAYG and the employees around if they are looking to purchase a commercial property because it's something that most people haven't necessarily thought of as, a, as an investment approach. Um, people only really think of it to purchase it to, to kind of work from it. But it might work as an investment like Warren was telling us before. So yep, sure. these guys are both husband and wife, um, $400,000 in their self-managed super fund, wanted to diversify a little bit. So they had a bit of shares. They had some resi property in the past. They weren't quite happy with the um, with the renters and, and kind of... Had a bad experience. Yeah, had yeah. a really bad experience there. Yep, yep. So they wanted to go down that commercial property pathway because they saw it as a lot easier for them to manage. Um, basically had four walls. They went down the industrial, they just bought an industrial shed essentially. Yep. So four walls. Less maintenance. Really <laughs> less maintenance and all the outgoings were paid for too in this instance too. Yep. And I suppose if, if listeners aren't sure what we're talking about there, so outgoings are like, you know, council rates, you know, things like that, all the bills and stuff, all covered by the tenant in a commercial property rather than in a resi property. Often you're paying your own, you know, um, council rates, you're paying for gas inspections and electrical inspections and all of that is with the tenant as yep. their cost when it's a commercial property. So, yeah, and, and yeah the there are some advantages. Well, Gav, at the fit out as well. Yeah. Um, one of my commercial properties, a real estate agency is uh, leasing it from me. Yep. And I gave them a shell and you should see the beautiful fit out they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Which has all benefited your investment, but yeah. they paid for it. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Which are re in a resi situation is not going to happen. And they're unlikely to strip it all when they leave. Um, yep. So, you know, that's another advantage to the, the owner, the landlord. And the other thing about commercial property too, Trent, is longer leases. You know, often people yeah. are like, oh, there's, they've signed a three to five year lease with a five year option, a five year option. So you sort of look at it and you go, you know, resi, you're sort of looking at, oh, you might get a you know, 12 month might be the maximum lease you'll get from mm. a residential um, person. But if it's a, a business, they're not going to fit that real estate office out um, and spend a hundred grand of their own money if they're not going to be there for at least 10 years. So Correct. you get these longer leases. So yeah. there's, 
I mean, that's the, that's conversation coming to have with Danny and, and the guys in financial planning. But yeah, there can be some advantages with an annual increase to the rent written into the lease agreement. Yeah. Yeah, and you can always have rent reviews too written into it too. I've seen a fair bit of market rent reviews. Yeah, 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 market rent reviews every couple of years. Have a look at them too. So the the lease I've got uh, with this real estate agency, it's just every year, whatever the CPI is, the rent goes up by the same amount. So yeah, yeah, you never yeah. So you've never got an investment that's going backwards because CPI and inflation is going forwards. You know, so you're always at least keeping up that way, and so. A husband and wife on the... On yeah, the, yeah, so the, the husband and wife. And, and yeah, like I did want to just touch on the fact that it's not just businesses we support. But yeah, they yeah. decided to purchase it in their self-managed super fund. They could have done it outside their self-managed super fund, but they decided inside, up to them. Um, they had enough contributions going in to support the loan. The yep. rent was paying the, the loan off anyway, yep. um, essentially. So basically, they've got a commercial property, much like a resi property inside of their super, which is... Adding in in capital value, but also bringing in some rental income. What was the equity position on that one, Trent? That was another eighty percent land. Fantastic. So eighty percent of the purchase price uh, in their self managed super fund. That's a great outcome for a warehouse. Because <laughs> the other thing, if if you've got two people that are earning a wage and they're getting eleven percent super, or what are we mm. up to at the moment? Eleven is it? Or eleven and a half? Something up to up to? I should know that off by heart. I, I think it's about eleven, ten and a half. Um, but th- let's say they're paying that, but also. The rent is being paid mm. by whoever's renting it. So you've almost got this double income getting paid off the loan. So often the self-managed super fund loans are actually getting paid down a lot quicker mm. than some other yeah, commercial d- loans. This is where, again, would work with the client, work with the financial planner. It's not always beneficial to pay mm. the loan down quickly because mm. unlike buying a, a property, a residential property, say in your own names, where you pay off the loan, you build up your equity, and we can then use that equity for the next borrowing, the next yep. purchase... Um, in your self-managed super fund, you can't tap into your equity. The previous equity, yeah. So depending on the client's strategies for you wealth creation. Save that, save that cash up for the yeah. next deposit for the next Correct. Month. We might do minimum repayments, but build up another nest egg, which becomes the deposit for the second purchase. Yes. So. Yep. so there's a lot of different bits to yeah. it, which is definitely something for and a it's financial so planner to work with you on. Yeah, and it's so important. We're very much into educating the clients mm. because... If they're unaware of that and they think it's like their home, they can build their equity and use their equity. Once that damage is done, they can't un- uh, reverse it. They well, can't unravel well, it. Well, it is a super fund. You can't just pull the money out. It's not no, like no. a normal investment. So I wish. it is going to stay there. So yeah. yeah. So then their option is if they've done that, to sell the property. That's the only way they can realise their equity to go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Which is sort of you, you want to avoid sometimes because yeah. that you, then you're going to be hit with stamp duties yeah. and taxes and things like that. So agents' fees. Now, that's good, yeah. So it's good to know that you're not just helping business owners. Mm. Um, it, it could be a couple of you, a couple on, a, on two wages, just yeah. paying your normal 10 yep. 11% super. Because a lot of people don't think about those commercial properties sometimes when they're thinking about investments. A lot of people mm. just tend to think, even myself, I've been caught out just thinking about, oh, maybe I'll look to buy another residential property three, as three an investment. Three-bedroom house or, and rent it yeah, out. Yeah, exactly right. But mm. then, hey, what about a commercial property? So it's just something to think about. Yep, perfect. No, thanks, mate. That's really good. And um, case study number three is about cash flow. Yeah, so we do, do tend to help a lot of businesses around the traps with um, cash flow problems. Um, maybe no fault of their own, maybe the, the economy. And we've definitely seen it through COVID. I think with um, the supply chain blockages and all that sort of thing, it's been hard on, on companies. Where the cash business flows. may have always had pretty good cash flow. Yeah, yeah, it may have dropped off. And it's may have dropped off, off a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. So, But they've got good future in the business. Yeah, exactly right. And they've got a strong history too. So um, this is a business where I've helped um, within the region. They've been operating for over 20 years. So 
really long-standing business, really well-known um, throughout the region. Um, essentially, they just needed some extra cash. Like you said, they fa- found themselves in a little bit of a hole. Um, their debtors may not have paid them um, in time or some people have missed payments, all that sort of thing yep. occurred. And that can just add up, can't it? Yeah. Like, to a situation where you go, oh, now we're a bit short. And it compounds. It, it, it's always compounding because they still need to buy the stock in. They need to then pay sell the stock, pay yep. staff. There's so many outgoings that they need to they need to continue to pay for. And that's where they find themselves in this little bit of a shortfall. Um, this specific business also had the opportunity to buy, buy some stock too. So it was actually a retailer. So they uh, buy and sell stock. Um, so they had the opportunity to, to go overseas and bulk buy some stock pretty cheaply, get it in um, and then on sell it. But sell they didn't it for a high margin. Yeah, 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 sell it for a high margin. So they didn't technically have the cash there to do it. So they gave me a call and said, hey, look, we need a couple million dollars because it was in that realm um, to purchase all this stock. We don't have it here, but we're going to get it for you. Yep. Um, and that's when it, it's just that conversation. Like I'll go back to that storytelling yes. and, and that relationship with the banks and, and, and us and how we – facilitating that relationship with the banks and, and helping them to tell their story about exactly. the cheaper stock and the bigger margins exactly right tell them that story put in a business plan you'll give them a hand with how to sort of format that stuff up and present it as a really attractive option for the lender in a way we're financial translators yeah <laughs> because you know the consumer doesn't know the bank speak like like we do mm. yeah. so we translate the client's english and put it into bank english yeah mm. yep yeah, good, good, good. And, an- and analogy this, was. and yeah. and this, um, it, look, it was a it was a short term loan for this company. Um, yes, it helped purchase stock, but it also helped pay wages for the business too. Because if that cash injection didn't come in, they may not have been able to pay wages either. So we we're able to keep that company flowing through those hard times. Yep, yep, perfect. No, it's really good. It's it's interesting because I think when you hear the words commercial and business lending, you just think it's all property. Mm. But it's actually doesn't need to be. This one's a, a cash flow just to help a business get to the next stage of their growth. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. What about if someone was going to build, um, buy a new business? Trend? Yeah, so I've dealt with a couple of um, different customers looking to either buy a new business or start up a new business, like we are talking about at the start of the podcast, yep. where we tend to get a, a cash flow forecast and all that sort of thing and tell that story about how they're going to make it profitable. Um, this specific instance, couple, two young children came into the office looking to open up a new clothing store on the surf coast. Um, she had really great experience in that industry. Um, she was part of a major retailer for 10 plus years and she just wanted to branch out, do something a little bit different and, and have her own business. So they had an existing mortgage on their own house, of $600,000. They needed an additional $850,000 to start up the business, okay? So there was a shortfall there of $850,000 that they actually needed to start up the business. So that included fit-outs, purchasing stock, getting your IT up and running. Some people, staff on board. Yeah, all that sort of thing, all that sort of thing. So people don't necessarily think um, about those costs, those extra costs. Something like as simple as IT or phones. Something don't necessarily think about, oh, hey, we actually got to buy phones for this business too. So um, that's probably where your accountant comes in and kind of helps to support that. But yep. um, this couple came in and, and they were they were really well-versed in, in what they needed for this business. Um, so basically the challenge here was the wife quit working because um, she was going to run the new business. The husband was going to remain at work, all right? So essentially they only had one income to support $600,000 of resi debt and $850,000 of business debt. So I know you was, you would probably... Um, look at that and, and wouldn't be too happy in terms of putting that through the resi space. You'd that's very that's scary for a residential <laughs> broker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. So 
within that business space, it was more about telling the story with your cash flow forecast. Yep, um, business plan, cash business flow plan, forecast, cash flow yep. forecast, all that sort of thing, and including her experience. And even something as simple as I got her resume to show the bank, hey, this is her experience. She's this is who we're dealing with. She's qualified. She knows this industry. Yeah, yeah. She's not just thinking it's going to be, oh, I'd just love to open up a fashion shop. Yeah, She's exactly right. working in the industry for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, so. exactly right, 100%. Yeah. So with that, we were able to actually help fund that 850 along with the $600,000. We were able to use the income from the cash flow yep. to support not only the business loan, but the actual home loan itself. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And they were able to, importantly, with the client in the middle, as we always talk about was, they were able to sort of realise their dream of opening up this yeah. um, retail store down on the coast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier than a lot of people think, um, especially if you have someone in your corner kind of helping you out. I think a lot of people may turn away from trying to start up their own business or, or purchase a commercial property or whatever it may be yeah. because they may not have it's a bit knowledge hard. or, yeah, yeah oh, it's a bit hard, I don't want to do it. But all it is is a conversation, really. It's, it's just a conversation. Set out your goals and objectives with Trent, you know, Tap into financial yep. planners, accountants if you need to, yeah. and then off you go. I say this all the time to a lot of clients. More than happy to take a phone call, and more than, I'm more than happy for you to pick my brain. Use it. It's there to be used. Yes, yep. And I, and I think it, it does wind back, um, finishing up those case studies, thanks, Trent, but it does wind back to that idea of having the expert in your corner. And we talk about it a lot on the podcast, don't we, Wise? But having the expert in your corner who just knows that industry inside out. And if you're in fashion retail like that woman was for 10 mm. years, you cannot know the financial space because yep. you don't work in it every day. Whereas yeah. you work in it every day, whilst you work in it every day, you understand, you see things happen. You go, but you go to the lender and say, but you know, you, you approve that one over there. This was a similar situation. So let's talk about this next one. So I think there's, it's that matter of, and that's what we are at Cosm Free and Mulcahy Co, is this tapping into the experts, getting them in your corner. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, was I'm so glad. We Are you agreeing with me? That's perfect. 100%. <laughs> well, I've just noticed you guys keep calling me Was. Most of my clients did know me as Warren until I joined Mulcahy. Oh, really? And even today, I got an email from a client calling me Was. I don't remember giving that privilege, but I'm sure they're listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> We're going to start calling him Warren. I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. scared. Uh, that's right. <laughs> only, only my mother and my clients call me Warren, but more and more are calling me Was. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> now, thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. Yeah, Trent. No yeah, and thanks for um, jumping on. We're also going to have some of the case studies guys up on our website so yep. jump on the website um we're going to, under the news section we're going to have some of uh trent's um case studies there so if you want to have a bit of a read through and some numbers uh otherwise jump on the phone to trent at the geelong office um or warren down here at cosmon free home loans part of the mulcahy group yep um and the guys will be more than happy to, to help so yeah the best part of my job is going out and seeing businesses so always happy to have a chat yep and even today you know i, I um handed one of my clients over to trent for him to do his commercial magic with and then half an hour later he's said i've got a residential lead for you because of the conversations he's had with clients so you know we just we just work arm in arm um yeah, sure and along with the other guys here the, the planners and the accountants uh as we've discussed well today mm. but um yeah it's a great offering for our clients and uh excited to have it on I'm board expecting the phone to go red hot now after listening to this podcast <laughs> want all our self-employed clients to reach out to trent yep. Um, and already Trent and I are talking about uh, having to get uh, some more recruits to support him. I think the commercial arm of the business is going to grow more than organically. It's going to be um, a rapidly growing part of the business. Yep. And I, I sh we should mention too, Trent, that um, you've, you can sort of offer your service straight-wide, really. Like yeah, definitely. Our office of network. So mm. if you're watch, listening to this and you're, you're a Queensland client or you're a Ballarat client or you're a Mildura client, 
um, feel free to give Trent a call and you can do a lot of stuff with Microsoft Teams and our video chats yeah, and stuff yeah, we've got yeah, going yeah, these days. So always feel free to, even if you're not in the Geelong area, jump on the phone to Trent and organise it. And we've got a up. lot of residential clients all over the country. I think you know I had eight years living and working on the Gold Coast. We still have Leicester in Cinnamon Park in Brisbane doing residential lending there and he'll be referring his commercial clients across. So, yep. Yep. yeah, I mean, the world's small now with the way oh. uh, IT is and... Uh, Zooms and Teams meetings and so I yeah. love it actually. I, I, that's been the one probably positive that's come out of the COVID thing is just people are happy to have a little catch up on video chat if if that's need be. Yeah, um, just save some time yeah, traipsing I, across town and also opens up get out used businesses and and clients elsewhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I th- I say to clients quite often when you get a good dentist, you get a good doctor, you get a good finance person. There are the three professionals that you really want to hold on to. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of loyalty from our clients. It amazes me. I left the Gold Coast in 2001 and so many of those clients are still using us today, travelling over two states yep. um, because they've got that trust in our professionalism and what we do. So. And the service can be delivered across states. There's, there's, so no, there's nothing wrong with, with, with that. So exactly. um, you know, the lenders don't mind if we bring them some uh, loans from from whichever state of Australia. So. Yeah, definitely. It would be harder for the client to start again with a local broker and give all their story again to a mm. new person. We have every client's data on file and it's just a five-minute brush-up when they reach out or we reach out to them next time. Yep. So, And Trent's going through all the database now, identifying our self-employed clients and how we can help those people. That's good. So being proactive yep. with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. given, given uh, the self-employed um, clients a call and... And look, it's more about me trying to understand their business and get a bit of knowledge about their business too. Yep, yep, perfect. Great, thanks guys. Good podcast today. Welcome thanks, aboard, Trent. And welcome aboard, Trent. Thank and, you very um, much. We'll see you all in the next podcast. Thank you. I tell you what, I reckon he's knocked Danny Danny Archer off with his ability on podcast today. <laughs> and Danny will <laughs> definitely listen to this right to the end, so he's going to hear that. That's why I threw that in at the end. I love Danny. I love Danny very much. Thanks, gents. Have a great Thank day. You. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.